Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. It's here. It's finally here. The final, well, you know what? I'm going to say final roster. The, the the first roster of the season has been announced. The 23-man squad that the Devils are entering this season with is here. It, we know it. Finally, after all this time, we're up late to bring you this episode, celebrating the roster release as we get ready for the opening of the season on Thursday in Philadelphia. Whew, after all that, hello, John. How are you doing? Good evening and hello. We're finally on the cusp of the regular season. And obviously with the uh, circumstances of this um, you know, episode as we're recording it, we were waiting for the roster release and life things came up. And so we're doing this kind of late. So we'll go into more detail about the full roster later. But I wanted to spend this time kind of addressing uh, some of the surprises that we didn't expect to see when you and I last spoke. And I think that boils down to uh, what is essentially going to end up being the precursor for a paper move or two, I believe. Uh, and what essentially happened is that the Devils put Nico Heischer and uh, Tice Thompson on injured reserve, Jonathan Bernier's on long-term injured reserve, as we all expected. And they also, uh, they kept Andreas Janssen and Fabian Zetterland with the main club. And they also kept Simone Nemich with the name club and sent down Kevin Ball, which was, I think, the biggest surprise in terms of how this roster shaped up. Otherwise, were there any surprises besides that one that you wanted to mention before we go into depth on that one? Well, considering we had to suffer watching him last season, I am happy to say that the New Jersey Devils finally, somebody in management finally realized that Nathan Geertsen cannot play hockey very well. So they waved him on Sunday 
and he cleared waivers and he was demoted today. So thank you, New Jersey Devils, for cutting Mason Geertsen. I hope he doesn't return. <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of the most retweeted waiver announcements I've ever seen related to the Devils. Um, and, and I think regarding waiver announcements, it's important to understand what happened in the last couple of days with the Devils, mm-hmm. where they sent a lot of players through waivers and no one that they really, you know, expected to lose was claimed and no one that they really you know wanted to have claimed was claimed so it all stays the same it's just easier to move them up and down through the leagues so andreas johnson might see uh johnson i guess sorry uh might see some time in the a lot of time in the ahl this year if the rookies can stick the thing is holtz made the team and that's probably the most important thing here he performed as devils fans could have hoped for i know we showed up the last episode saying that his, you know, his measurables were good, but the production just wasn't there. No, the production came later on in the weekend. Absolutely. He had a banner night against the Boston Bruins in the preseason under. He was playing once again with Jack Hughes and Andrzej Palat. A fortuitous bounce led to him scoring a goal. And uh, more impressively, he set up Jack Hughes for a backdoor play early in the third period. A really incisive pass across the crease from behind the net that um, the Boston the Boston fans and the Boston announcers, uh, Mr. Jack Edwards and the other oh. guy who annoys me. Brickley, uh, Andy Brickley. Sure, whatever his name is. I don't care. Oh, I lived there for years. Yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> it isn't. No, but they, they were um, giving out about you know Brandon Carlo and others for not closing that lane. And credit to Holtz for finding that short lane in a dangerous area and setting Hughes up. What I'm getting at, Dan, is the pass was more impressive than the goal, but Mm -hmm. uh, he got points on the board. And I think that's pretty much rubber stamped him into the lineup. And to that end, after the roster announcement, the devils tweeted out a bizarre picture of Alexander the great and replaced (laughs) the painted head with Alexander Holtz's. So yeah, it's Good the job, kind of thing where team. The, the team clearly knew that the fans, this roster announcement was meant to confirm the fact that Holtz had played well enough and contrary to like, you know, last year where he just, just barely missed that roster. Um, but I think, you know, everyone kind of expected him. I think the biggest, uh, the strangest one is one that will be quickly quote unquote remedied. And I think mostly this is done for, uh, you know, not compliance reasons, but for future flexibility reasons. And I think it's the inclusion of Simone Nemich over Kevin Ball, because I think uh, there's something about them having more space later on if they have him do his, uh, if they have him as part of the opening day roster, since I think his salary is a little more now with his ELC. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So there's definitely some details in the weeds here. Um, The best I could figure out here is that if Nemich, wasn't called up let's say he didn't make the roster day all that means to call him up means you have to eat all the potential bonuses Mm -hmm. uh because that does count in your cap hit um so nemich's cap hit is even though he's on an elc he's got the max rookie deal so that's like closer to four million dollars whereas if he starts the season here not necessarily so and 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 all the different bonuses if you don't hit him you get that credit going into the following season so it's one of those things it's like you're you're basically trying to get the most, I guess, out of how much space you're allowed on LTIR, and therefore, you know, it could very well just be a paper move. Because one of the many yeah. things that many people across the league emphasize is that yes, this is your roster today, but if your first game is going to be Wednesday or Thursday night, then you've got 
time to make other moves. And the yeah, Devils yeah. are absolutely in a position to do so, especially with um, Nico Heischer and Tyson Thompson on injured reserve, which is a big reason why the forward crew includes Zetterlund, Bokvist, Holtz, and even Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the next thing. It's... Uh... Hard to imagine Kevin Ball is not the first call up immediately, and I don't yeah. think it's going to be anything more than the requisite nine games to not burn the first year of the entry level contract. Yeah. Um, for for Nemich himself, I think it's exciting that he gets to start at least traveling with the team, but I, I wouldn't read too much into it. I think no. realistically that spot uh, was anyone's to gain, and Ball very much asserted himself there. So, yeah. um, we should see him up sooner rather than later. But you're right. Nico Heischer, again, having the timing before Thursday allows them to take him off injured reserve as well. And the moves that they made through waivers allows them to move any of the guys you mentioned um, without having to worry about losing any of them. Yeah. The key thing to realize with waivers is that um, if you clear waivers, um, you get uh, 10 games or 30 days, whichever comes first, to actually make a move. So the Devils can basically tell Andreas Johnson, look. You were terrible in preseason. And let's be real, Dan, he was terrible in preseason. Mm-hmm. He, he was mm-hmm. just completely mindless at times. Oh, you'll get no argument from me. Exactly. So they could basically sit him down and say, look, we'll put you in a couple of games to start the season. If you can perform like an actual veteran hockey player, then you stay. And if not, then you get demoted. I honestly think the waiver move was also to see one, if anybody would take his contract, but maybe it opens up the possibility for a trade. So this mm-hmm. way, if you do trade, trade him away and the team wants to put him in the minors or wants him, um, need some flexibility, they can, because he already cleared waivers, uh, they can absolutely do that. So I honestly think that's probably going to be the play because Johnson's contract, weirdly enough, Dan, I, I don't, I, I guess credit to Kyle Dubas for having this type of foresight, um, you know, this is the lowest amount of money he makes in his contract at $2.5 million total in actual real money. And 1.75 of that was in a signing bonus. So he only makes the NHL minimal in terms of base salary. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a team like, Oh, I don't know, Arizona, Arizona. Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> actually Buffalo has the most cap space right now. Yeah. Credit to Buffalo, uh, Anaheim, Detroit, even if you're looking to add dollar, you know, add cap space without spending real dollars, and you're not expected to be good, Johnson, he's probably available, Dan. I'm sure Mr. Fitzgerald, his phone will work when the call is about Mr. Johnson or Janssen or, you know, whatever J you want to do with him. I'm sure if there was a third one, we'd try that one out as well. Well, So so how are you feeling going into game one? I just want to get your gauge on, you know, looking at this roster – I don't think, again, there are too many surprises at all. I think this mm-hmm. is pretty much what we expected to see straight up and down. Yeah. Um, what are you feeling? Well, I really wish Nico Heischer wasn't injured because mm-hmm. I think it exposes a legitimate issue with the Devils, which is the center position. And while they have guys who could play center like Mercer, Sharon Govich can do it in a pinch. Um, Bastion can do it in a pinch. Bokvist, McLeod, they're, they're not all that great at center. Mercer possibly be an, ex- an exception to that hmm. so I, I do think the devils are gonna miss Heischer for the first couple games because i can't imagine they're gonna activate him and get him into the first nhl game dan against philadelphia on the road without any practice any skating any any warm-ups like he sure missed all of the preseason games hmm. so he is completely rusty whereas at least hughes 
Mercer, Hala, McLeod, or Boakvist, you know, they're at least sharp. Maybe in the case of Boakvist and McLeod, not in form, but, you know, it is what it is. Ultimately, I think the Devils have a pretty good chance to handle business well against Philadelphia because Philadelphia, Dan, they're going to be terrible. Yeah, they're going to be absolutely terrible. I'm legitimately surprised they did not pick up Nick Foligno on waivers, considering, you know, he was a captain under John Tortorella in Columbus. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like Philly. Well, actually, I should take, take that well, back. Well, he's Philly, expensive, Philly. though. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I just, just saw that Philly's capped out because Chuck Fletcher is not very good at his job. Uh, but, you know, the, the larger point here is that um, – Tortorella has made no bones about the fact that uh, this this team needs a total culture shift. It needs a different direction. And, you know, say what you want about a guy like John Tortorella. He'll be the first to tell you he's not a long-term guy. He can burn out pretty quickly. But if your organization needs to, you know, get their acts together and needs a guy, you know, needs a drill sergeant to get get everybody, you know, in, you know, paying attention and doing all those little things on the ice, he's a pretty good guy to get there. But as you know, Dan... The first year is never the, it does not go well. And I don't think it's going to go well for Philly. And I think as long as the Devils don't um, get too confident, get too cocky, and worst of all, get behind early, I think they got a good chance of coming away from Philadelphia with a win. Well, yeah, I hope you're right. I, I, you know, obviously it would be nice to get a win, not just in the first game of the season, not just against survival, but against a team who, if you have playoff aspirations, this is the kind of team you have to beat every time. Oh, absolutely. This, so, you know, if you're going to be the real deal, you start here, you lay the groundwork here, you make sure that, uh, you know, it's it's good to celebrate wins like they did their first one of the season last year. It was very exciting. In retrospect, they beat the Chicago Blackhawks in overtime, and that was Jack Hughes' last fully healthy game for about three months. So, you know, let's not celebrate. Let's make it. I, I like what Robert Sala said about the Jets this week. I'm a Giants fan too, but you know, the, the culture there seems to be shifting to let's celebrate the win. Sure. We're, we're a team that needs a culture change. We've been losing for a while, but let's make it normal. Let's make this kind of thing normal, especially against teams that we should be beating. So hopefully we see that. Hopefully we see a motivated devil team come out on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest thing is in, in all of professional sports. And since you mentioned the Giants, you know, Brian Dayball is a great example of this, you know, over in Detroit, there's a guy who talks big about, you know, oh, we're going to be tough. We're going to, you know, be, be, be tough to play against. And, you know, his team stinks. Whereas Brian Dable has coached his team to be almost as good as the Detroit Lions in just five games. Mm-hmm. Um, but how you get results, how you get people to buy in, how you people to keep up the good things that you should be able to do. Well, you win games. You have to, you know, it's a results oriented league, Dan. Mm-hmm. So if you can show results, any professional, whether it's an experienced guy like Thomas Tatar or um, Dougie Hamilton, or John Marino, or Brendan Smith, uh, Andre Pallad, obviously, um, you know, they're going to get it faster, just as fast as the Dawson Mercers, the Alexander Holtzes, and the Fabian Zetterloons, guys who are not as experienced on the roster, because the results speak for themselves. Like, you do this, you win hockey games, so let's keep doing this. Let's keep putting mm-hmm. in the efforts. And, um, you know, it. You know, a good start against Philadelphia is important. I think it's very important that the Devils get a lot of points in their next in their first five games, Dan. Because mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the October schedule. We might as well talk about this because hey, the season's finally here. We can talk about these yeah. games that count. Uh, the Devils are at Philadelphia this Thursday. Fun fact: John Butchergross and Ray Ferraro are on the call. There is no Leia Hextall. She's doing mm-hmm. the other game that that night on ESPN Plus. 
on Saturday is the home opener against Detroit, which is enough, which is probably going to be a good measuring stick game because Detroit is seen as a team that's good, you know, maybe on the come up like the Devils. I would but say this you, grouping of teams that are currently considered like the Devils would be like Detroit, Ottawa, mm-hmm. Buffalo is all in that same family right now. I, I would put the Islanders and the Blue Jackets in that category too. They're, they're, it's well, going to be a dogfight about those. There. That's all. Eh. Well, uh, while the others are moving up, the Islanders yeah. seem to drop down into there from yeah. the, the two seasons in a row where they made the conference yeah. finals. Well, as long as they still have quality goaltending, and they do have quality goaltending. Like, mm-hmm. don't, do, don't, do not let their record uh, from the past season, you know, ignore the fact that those goaltenders are very good in yeah. Long Island. And as okay. you know, when you have goaltending, you can get away with a lot more stuff because the, the Devils didn't end, you know. They couldn't anyway yeah. so the devils will be hosting detroit and that's important just also from the psychology of you know get the fans to understand that this is a new different season and you know getting out and good at getting a good result against detroit will help with that uh the following week they host anaheim then they visit long island and then they host san jose like anaheim and san jose are not expected to be very good this season and the islanders are again another team like detroit where if you really do have playoff aspirations, you want to get results against the teams that you're going to be directly competing with in addition mm-hmm. to the teams that you quote unquote should be beating. And I bring that up, Dan, because following that San Jose game, the Devils get Washington, then at Detroit in a back-to-back, then they host Colorado, and then they host our nightmare opponent in Columbus. So, you know, the schedule gets harder, much harder, very, There's very a couple quickly. of nightmare opponents in there, Washington as well. Yeah, and, oh, then, and then following that, Dan is a trip to Western Canada. Oh, so, all right. Well, you know what? At least they get it out of the way early. True. But the p- larger point is that um, it is very important that you get off to a good start, not just because, hey, you should get off to a good start, but the, the quality of opponents get to really ramp up after uh, October 23rd. And uh, as a quick aside, Dan, I want to give a congratulations to Patrick Alvin of the Vancouver Canucks, Dan, because he did something mm-hmm. rare today. Do you know oh. what that is? Oh, I know exactly what he did. Uh, can we consider this a uh, um, business hockey scorigami because he yeah. is the first person to ever achieve this in the salary cap era. The Vancouver Canucks are at a salary cap number of or salary cap hit of exactly zero remaining space. They are perfectly at the cap. Uh, hats off. They're not even a cent above or below. What an impressive feat of GMing. Oh, yeah. And there a team some... that will finish anywhere from seventh to 11th in the conference. Oh, yeah, exactly. When you're not a good hockey team, you want to cap yourself out completely. I mean, that's just smart management. Uh, but, you know, he accomplished what Toronto almost did. They were $4 away from the salary cap. Yeah. And uh, Cap Friendly also noted that Vegas, with their re-signing of Nicholas Haig, gets to be exactly $17 away. <sighs> wow. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I mean, listen, you can come close, but then you can achieve perfection. Right. But it goes getting back to the New Jersey Devils because the Devils are kind of in that same boat. They're like a million or so over for the first time in a long time, Dan, the Devils are pretty much spending to the limits. Right. Mm -hmm. 
you know, they, they pretty much have to, they may have to play fast and loose with the IR in order to get guys up on call-ups, you know, depending on what the case may be. But typically that's usually a sign of like, we want to compete. We want to get going. We need to push forward. And I agree. Like you, you know, I understand for the past three, you know, past two seasons under Tom Fitzgerald, I've heard the same thing every off season, which is all we want to be a playoff team. We want to play meaningful games and, you know, they, they failed miserably at that. So it's like, yeah. I'm very skeptical this time around, but this time they are legitimately spending to the cap, which is probably management's way of showing like, okay, look, we're finally pushing our eggs all into this basket. We need to be better. Fine. But we're going to commit the money to do it. So this, so we don't turn around and go, well, we didn't could, we had cap space. We could have gotten this guy. We could have gotten that guy. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it works out because, you know, as I've said in the past, Dan, you know, if this team does not get off to a good start, if this team stumbles like they have the last two seasons, I don't think Lindy Ruff's going to last as head coach. And yeah. there's a real chance Tom Fitzgerald is not your GM by it's season's end. Very difficult. Uh, I hope it doesn't go that way. You know, no. I, I know we all talked about the coach that's in waiting right now, but again, it's just miserable to follow along with that and with so many other teams in the area being so much better than expected or having really amazing seasons it would be nice to uh to join in on that and oh, absolutely. Uh, really revel in some of the fun i think it's been really fun watching both the football teams be good watching both the baseball teams be good uh you know at least one of the basketball teams is at least going to be uh, a contender by personnel so that's at least exciting. And, you know, for hockey, too, that we're in a strong area right now. And it feels like the Devils have been lagging behind for a while. So exactly. hopefully they get to buck that trend starting this year. Right. But one one positive note, um, you know, I understand preseason games. Who cares about them? You know, the Devils went five and two. Cool. But the game on Saturday at Boston, you know, that was pretty much the closest thing to an NHL versus NHL lineup. You know, the Devils did have, you know, a couple um, and Boston too, they had some guys that were on the bubble that may or may have not made their teams. Um, but the devils did come out and play very well, I think mm-hmm. against the Bruins for the first period. I think they played very well in holding, you know, holding down the lead. I mean, obviously, you know, Mike Riley's not going to break a stick every time and give Jaeger Sharon Govich a free shot for his goal. No, that like, was pretty awesome, gonna, though. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Like take it, but that's what I'm talking about. Take advantages when they come up, you know, don't overthink a situation like, you know, Andreas Johnson literally did against the Islanders where he, you know, had a full lane to the net and decided to pass it to a covered guy. Um, but no, the Devils ultimately did win that game five to three. Yes, they did give up a goal at six on five. Yes, they gave up a power play goal because uh, nobody rotated to David Pasternak, which was, you know, a terrible idea. Um, but the, for the most part, the Devils handled themselves as well as they possibly could against a Patrice Bergeron, against a Pasternak, against a David Krejci, against, you know, a, you know, Linus Ulmark, against a quote-unquote near full-strength Boston lineup. And that gives me some confidence going into this coming season that, okay, this team, when things are going well, when they're making moves, when they're making passes – um, they can hang, you know, it's not going to be, you know, like last season necessarily where it's going to be like the defense is literally chasing the play because they're over trying to overload everything and failing. It's not like the offense is just going to try to look for breakaways or, you know, shots from the point. There's going to be some mid range stuff there too. Um, I think, you know, if that's a sign of what's to come, I, I think the devils have at least a chance of being, you know, finishing this month with a competitive record going in to, it could be a very challenging November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all hoping for it. And uh, 
again, we can pretty much just sit here and wait until Thursday and they make some other moves mm-hmm. uh, to try and, you know, resolve all that paper transaction that they need to resolve. But for now, it's exciting to see the squad line up. It's exciting to see a lot of the young guys get their turn to get their opportunity to take those roster spots that were made available for them. This is it. Deliver or we start again. And for, I yeah. hope we don't have to start again. No, because if, again, you look at this, uh, you look at the cap, because, again, that was kind of the story of today's uh, moves. You know, you got Jack Hughes for the next, goodness, six seasons, seven seasons. Um, you got Andre Palat until 2027. You got Dougie Hamilton until 2028. You got John Marino until 2027. You got Siegenthaler until 2028. You're in Heischer signed until 2027. So it's like, it's not going to be like the clean slate that Tom Fitzgerald inherited where he could, you know, make a lot of changes. Um, you're, you know, there's going to be a lot of work to be done. And that's why, you know, if you're looking for players to watch during this season on the devils, you know, pay attention to the guys who are coming off of contracts. Like Jesper Broad obviously has something to prove after Wood. his, uh, you know, Wood has absolutely something to prove. He's a pending UFA. So he's got plenty of proof. Thomas Tatar, he's 31. You know, this, you know, if he has a bad season, that could be his NHL career. He may be running to the KHL or, or more appropriately, maybe this SHL or Liga, which may be a bit more stable depending on geopolitics. Yegor Sharangovich is a pending RFA. McLeod is a pending RFA. Bastion is a pending RFA. Bokvist and Zetterlund are also coming off contracts. Like these guys have something to prove. And even if they end up saying resigned, you know, a good season makes the difference between becoming, you know, earning extra millions or just getting a modest bump in pay. And, um, you know, they have everything to play for. And of course, if they don't perform, Fitzgerald will, I guess, be in a position to um, spend that money elsewhere, or someone else will, <laughs> or so, or so, or maybe I, you're absolutely right. Fitzgerald or GM to be named later will have money to spend. We'll worry about that when we have to. But anyway, thank you for joining us for this uh, late night episode of Garden State of Hockey. You can listen to this whenever, so it's not a late night one for you, but we very much appreciate uh, that your listenership allows us to keep doing this. So thank you again for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode. Very ready for the start of the season. Woo, let's go Devils. Go Devils. Go Devils.